When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Chicago, what do you say? It's the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook. Make sure you download the app and use the promo code CHGO when you sign up. Happy Monday, 31 days away from opening day for your Chicago Cubs. Luke Stuckmeyer, Cody Del Mendo, and yes, he's back from Arizona. Ryan Herrera, the Hawaiian shirts are off. We're back to uh, CHGO sweatshirts. Yep. Staying in warm clothes. Oh, yeah. And uh, we've got a lot to talk about on this podcast, guys. We have our first games we were able to see for Cubs baseball. That was exciting. But the flip side of it is that we've already got injuries. You know, we talked about this roster building. Geez, for for two months we were talking about roster building, adding all these guys. Look at the depth they have. Look at the depth they have. Well, apparently they're going to need that depth because just in the last couple minutes, yet another injury has popped up. This time it's Patrick Wisdom scratched from today's split squad lineup uh, with left groin soreness. Uh, we have the big one that everybody's worried about is Seiya Suzuki with the oblique injury. Uh, we'll talk about that. And we also have Justin Steele who had some arm fatigue and was scratched from his first start. Um, we'll also talk about who we liked, stock up, stock down, overreactions at the end of the show. And, of course, Wilson Contreras back in. the. He can't he can't stay out of our Cubs conversations. Oh, He's back in over the weekend. Uh, I know Cody's going to be happy about that. And we'll talk about <laughs> oh, how the Manny Machado so contract in San Diego <clears throat> is going to impact the Cubs. But let's, let's, let's start with those early games, right? The first two games, Cubs play again here on Monday, split squad. Um how worried are you about Seiya Suzuki, Ryan? Uh, just, you know, you saw him in person. He looks bigger, but uh, yeah. apparently bigger doesn't mean you can't get hurt. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know until we see exactly what, like, the the imaging sh- tells us, right? Like, here's the, the tweet from Jordan Bastion of MLB.com. Cubs going over imaging taken on Seiya Suzuki, left oblique tightness today. Ross still not willing to speculate on timetable slash WBC until he goes over things with the team's medical staff and talks with Suzuki still in wait and see mode. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm comparing it to what happened with steel. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk about here in a sec. Um, but steel seems pretty more, a lot more precautionary than anything. Um, the fact that Saya is getting imaging done tells you it's a little more serious than that. Um, but until we see exactly what the results of that MRI show, um, it's hard to get too low or too high. You know, it's hard to think of it one way or the other until we see what that tells us, because it could it could just be something that's bugging him, but maybe not so extreme that we have to worry about him like being ready for opening day or something. Right. Like it seems that if it's really anything, WBC may not be in the plans anymore. Um but even that, that's that's what Ross said. He's like, not he doesn't want to speculate on that until they consult everyone, until the whole plan has been laid out. So worry-wise, I'm not worried yet, I would say, uh, just until we see what the results are. Because then once you get that, you have a little bit more of like, oh, man, like he might miss four weeks, whatever it is. Like that's, that's not, you know, mm-hmm. that's just like an example, right? Like he might miss four weeks. Like this is actually kind of serious. Um, or it could be like he'll be fine in a week. I, I don't know. It's weird to speculate on it without having the full scope of what's going on but i guess we'll see i guess hopefully in the next couple of days we'll get those answers cody looks worried up in that corner with a fresh haircut and no hat today yeah shout out mike dubs appreciate you um <clears throat> yeah i mean i'm i'm trying not to be worried i'm trying to be optimistic about it you guys know who i am i am who i am i'm going to think optimistically before i you know decide that or not decide, but uh, <clears throat> consider taking a dip in a cold Lake Michigan. Uh, but I think if he doesn't go to the World Baseball Classic, then it's something serious. And you know how oblique, oblique injuries are. They can linger. They can, yeah. you know, I, 
honestly, the reason that I'm a little worried in general is just because it is an oblique injury. It's not something that just goes away. And and he and he had injuries last year. And I'm just like the the good vibes coming into camp are starting to wear off already. And I'm I hate this. I hate this. I absolutely hate this. It's annoying. And when do we get to the second segment? <laughs> don't even. Uh, yeah. So I'm just. I just hope it's not as bad. I hope what Ryan is saying is is is, is more likely. I, I hope that 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 it's that, and they're just you know being super cautious and and stuff. Maybe they learned something from last year with all the injuries they had with that like mm-hmm. ramp, spring training. Blah 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 blah. Uh, and I, I guess, you know, if you want me to really be optimistic about it. Well, you know, if he does have to miss some time, the Cubs do have depth. They do have good depth, in my opinion, too. Uh, you can't be without him all season, obviously, but you definitely have some options that opens up opportunities for other guys. And we we want to see some of those guys. And we can talk about that if you guys want. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'd obviously rather say a Suzuki be our starting right fielder at the beginning of the year. But, you know, eh. I, I fingers crossed that it, it's it's just precautionary. Yeah, I, mean, I, I was going to say that. It's I think it's a bummer, it, though, Ryan, because of the expectations, yeah. right? When you see his new body coming in, everybody's like, "Well, he's going to build on that." This isn't the first step you wanted to see. No, and it's. I will say that as far as silver linings go, like if it is something serious and he's missing time, like at least it's February twenty seventh, right? Like it's not it's not a, like a week before. Uh, spring training ends and it's, like, it's not a week before opening day and now you're worried is he actually going to be ready like mm-hmm. you, we, you have over a month until opening day starts so if it is something a little bit serious and he's going to have to miss some time like at least you have that long and, and you want him to you want him to not be hurt and, and be getting ready right now for that opening day you know to, to play on opening day but silver lining wise like at least it's happening at the end of february and not three weeks in in the future right like so no, it's not what you wanted to see because you, you, we talked to him and, and the whole, you know, he, he's looking forward to having that second season. He had his his first real offseason because last year was so weird. Um, the second season in the big league, still kind of in that adjustment phase of, you know, the major league game somewhat. Um, but he put on 20 pounds. He's excited because, he you know, that's going to help him with power, which in, in turn, everything's going to help his mechanics. Like he was, he seemed very ready to go uh, going into the season, excited for the season. And, to see that happen yeah to get that news i think that was on friday maybe is when we heard about that and that was that was disappointing because you 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 you're kind of hoping for big things from say suzuki i don't know that you're expecting it but you're you know he's he's a 85 million dollar man for a reason like they paid a lot of money for this guy um he's you're kind of hoping for some big things out of him in season two and this is just kind of a a setback that you didn't want to see i saw before we even got started uh, with the live show which by the way Uh, I hope you're watching on YouTube. We hope you are. We hope you subscribe to the CHGO Sports Channel and make sure you give us uh, the big five-star review. We appreciate that. It's the best way to take in the whole show. You're going to miss Cody's haircut if you're not doing that. Uh, But if you're listening on the podcast and on Spotify, make sure Spotify or Apple or wherever, make sure you give us the uh, thumbs up as well, too. We'd appreciate it. Uh, Let's look at the, the split squad lineups and see if we can find somebody that would have an opportunity if Saya is injured. For that matter, if we find out that Justin Steele's arm fatigue is a little more serious than what they're saying. So two guys right out of the gate, right? Or or for that matter, Patrick Wisdom out of the lineup now. He's been scratched uh, over at third base in the second game. They play one against Cleveland, one against Arizona today. You look through that list and I say, all right, so who would be the outfield candidates? And the question in the chat was, does this mean it's an opening for Brennan Davis to make the team? Does this mean it's an opening for, you know, whoever, Pete Crow Armstrong? I would say the guy that I see on this list that it really probably opens the door for, well, Nelson Velasquez would be one. Yeah. And I know, I think you guys also believe, like we, we talked a lot last week about whether or not Christopher Morrell would get enough at bats if they were going to go with veteran guys like Wisdom at third. But because Christopher Morrell can play both third and the outfield, 
I would think this makes it even more, you know, who knows? This could all change in two days. Both guys could be back on the field. But if it continues or it's further or if Saya's injury imaging shows something, then Christopher Morrell certainly is more likely to make the roster. And maybe somebody like, I'd say Nelson Velasquez, not necessarily one of the other guys. How, how do you guys feel about the outfield spot? Yeah. Go ahead, Cody. <laughs> yeah, I, I think uh, Velasquez would get a shot. And I know it's not like a sexy name, even though he was someone that I was like begging for them to call up earlier last year. Uh, turns out I don't know what I'm talking about because uh, he definitely struggled um, <clears throat> in his time last year. But I think I was just clamoring for anything that was that that wanted me to watch. Um, but you know, I, I no one's really talking about the guy going into camp because you know the Cubs outfield is set, and uh, you know they have other prospects that are that have played better than him, right? Uh, but uh, yeah, I think that Velasquez might get that first opportunity in right field at least. I, he wasn't great in center last year. Maybe he'd be a better corner outfield. Um, but, and I also think Morrell is an option too because if you – I don't know. I mean, right field is hard to play at Wrigley Field, but, you know, he's athletic and he's shown that he can play all over the field. We didn't see him play a lot of right – I don't think he played right field once at all last year. So I don't know yeah. if it'd be – I don't know if the Cubs even want to – give him that challenge because it, it, it again it is not the easiest position at Wrigley Field at least mm-hmm. um so like he'd probably be my second choice but is someone that I would be intrigued just because I, I do want to see him in the lineup and I do want to see him on the opening day roster um if he has a decent enough spring uh but yeah those are probably the two and, and I still think that Brennan Davis is going to start in triple A no matter what like they'd have to They'd have to have significant injuries, like the worse than what it is right now. If Brandon Davis was going to get that chance, unless unless Brandon Davis has a you know an insane spring, you know what I mean? Um, I think that would be the only thing they like if he like forced himself onto the team, uh, and the Cubs had some some injuries and stuff like that. If Sayo's thing is a, a little bit more serious, you know, I I don't know how many more at bats they want him to have because that's kind of what we talked about going into last year with him was. You know, we didn't really think we'd see him until July. Um, and then with the whole back injury, basically didn't play at all, except for that first month in which he wasn't very good because of the back thing. So, and then only played five games in the Arizona Fall League. So you, he just hasn't had the at-bats that the Cubs want him to have, I'm assuming. So I won't bank on it. Um, so I would say those two. I know a lot of people are, are in, intrigued about Darius Hill as well. Played a lot in center or play a lot of outfield in Iowa last year. I don't know. I, I either way, none of those options are better than say a Suzuki. And so, like, this sucks. I I, I don't like this conversation. <laughs> Ryan, what do you yeah. think about what Doug's saying? That does this make it more likely for Mervis to make no. the team because Mancini could? No, <laughs> I, I don't think so. I don't think this affects. <laughs> That's all I, you know. I don't think this affects Matt Mervis's outlook for opening day because there's just so many other options that they I mean the whole thing with Matt Mervis and and the Cubs definitely have like they feel good about him as a prospect and you know he's that quick rise up last year was awesome it was so out of nowhere but also like this like for a position the Cubs had a lot of it felt like one of their biggest holes and and I, I get why everyone's excited because now you're like oh like this is a guy who could potentially fill that hole that Anthony Rizzo left behind that the outlook, like you know, at the end of 2021, didn't look great. Um, but it's it's one year, right? Like his 2021 wasn't very good. His 2022 was awesome, but that's one year in the minor leagues. He doesn't have a whole lot of AAA experience. Like it's the the re, I mean, the Cubs signed Eric Hosmer. They signed Trey Mancini. They brought in Edwin Rios. Like not not as like a, they don't believe in Matt Mervis type thing, but it's just they have three guys that are big league options right now that could play first base. They have, you know, Patrick wisdom could move over to first base if need be. I don't, I just don't see this affecting where Matt Burris is going to play. Maybe he has like just some insane spring. Like Cody was talking about with Brennan Davis. Maybe he has some insane spring. And then it gets to the point where they're like, well, we can't not have Matt Mervis on the opening day roster. I don't think that's even likely at all, but that feels more like that would, 
force the Cubs hand than an injury to say Suzuki at the beginning or at the end of February. <laughs> like, I don't think this really has much of an effect on where Matt Mervis might be playing on March. Was it March 30th is a, is a first day, something like that. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't think, I, I don't see us and I don't see a real scenario where Matt Mervis is on the opening day roster right now. I mean, you never really know what's going to happen in the next month. Like every first base option could get hurt. Knock on wood if they don't. Right. But that's, that's not a non-zero chance. Um, and then that would obviously lead to Matt Mervis being on the opening day roster, but I can't see, I don't see this having much of an effect on it. I don't, I just, I think we're still looking at Matt Mervis starting, uh, starting 2023 in AAA. And then, you know, we'll see where he, how quickly he rises from there. Um, Michael says uh, with a $5 super chat injuries happen every spring training. Exactly why I thought Hayden and Brennan had better than good shot at making the opening day roster lineup. Yeah. Well, we're just going to see how it all plays out. You know, we're, we're chopping it up to throwing around ideas like these. This is spitball, and we don't even know how serious or not serious the injuries are. Saying. I remember Joe Madden used to say all the time: somehow, baseball has a way of working itself out, and that it it really is true. Like yeah. we can we can sit all off season and pinpoint this guy's going to be here, he's going to bat here, and then an injury may or may not happen. Day one of spring training, the last day of spring training, the middle of spring training, and everything unfolds. So let's not uh, let's not panic yet. Wait, I'll one, say, one more super chat. PCA, is he ready for 23? Fernando Rodriguez, two games, still green. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to decide that over the weekend. Uh, there's no way he's making it in the opening day roster. No, no way. I was just going to say, related to the last comment that we read, that there's more likelihood of Hayden Wisniewski making that opening day roster than it is Brennan Davis. Yeah. Undoubtedly. Undoubtedly. Sure, especially, if, especially if Justin Steele's arm is fatigued and it sets him yeah. back even just a couple weeks. Right. Right. So, you know, if that makes the chat feel better, but I don't, I, I understand why a lot of people want to see Mervis and Brennan Davis They're especially Davis top 20 prospect a year ago, the injury, whatever. But the only reason that I don't think he will is just because he just hasn't had the at-bats that the Cubs want him to have. And and they have outfield depth. Like it, 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 Hap, Suzuki, Bellinger, Morrell can play the outfield, Velasquez. They they have first – go. Like I wouldn't necessarily, they're the, necessarily say they're the first option, but I think they're the options the Cubs feel more comfortable with because they don't want to rush Davis to the majors. And I'm okay with that from a certain standpoint. I don't want to, however, I don't want to be sitting here in July and August and Brennan Davis not be here. So it's a little bit of a, I'm trying to compromise with the Cubs and with my feelings regarding Brennan Davis. So, (laughs) Uh, so as far as the games go, you know, we'll see how the lineup thing unfolds. And when we get more information about say probably tomorrow, then we'll probably have a better idea of what they're, thinking about and i'm sure the cubs will say who it opens the door for uh manifesting manifesting say suzuki's health it's yes. fine Manifest. It, it would it's just precautionary that's what we're hoping yes. what, did, what did you think of the games overall i gotta tell you i didn't watch all of both games but i watched enough that i was able to see that the game is faster paced with the pitch clock <laughs> and you know how i feel about that <laughs> Yes, yes, and more. Yes, the pitch clock could go to ten seconds for all I care. Move <laughs> I, it along. I, my, wife I was, my, my wife's not a huge baseball fan, but she walked by and she said, "What's with that? What's that countdown on the screen?" Which was funny because that was there instead of seeing like how fast the pitch was mm-hmm. or what the pitch was. It's the clock, and I'll be curious to see what broadcasts use throughout the season are they just going to put it down in the corner is it going to come up like a shot clock is it you know is it only going to pop up when you get down to the final like five seconds mm-hmm. or are they going to make it a major part of the of the broadcast but she saw it and she goes what is that and i said well the games are should be faster this year because they've got this pitch clock and the guys the batters have to be ready the pitchers have to be ready. she's like well that seems huge. What took so long? I'm like, yeah, no doubt. Like they should have done this 30 years ago, but finally we're not going to have to see the wristband for 80, oh, 80 times. Every time every guy comes up, 
fix the one glove, fix the other glove. Okay, grab the crotch, fix the hat. Let's pull the shirt down. <laughs> Only Nomar was cool. Let's step off to the <laughs> rod and let's go back. Oh, got to redo the wristbands. Got it. I know I sound old. I know it, but I don't have that much time. So let's move these along. I loved, loved the pitch clock. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, I was – a big fan. I, I mean, I was a big fan when it first announced. And I mean, I saw the what was it, the Braves, maybe Braves game on like Sunday that was like bottom nine bases loaded or something like that. And the guy got called out for yeah, uh, the hitter got called out. I, I thought that was funny. I thought that was hilarious, but it's also just like, like overall, even if the games like time themselves aren't like that much faster, I still think just the general pace being faster is going to be the biggest benefit from the pitch clock. Like Mm -hmm. you're saying, Luke, you're not going to have relievers taking 30 seconds in between pitches and maybe even longer than that, right? You're going to have guys having to throw pitch within 20 seconds. I I think the overall pace of the game is just going to be better. And whether that shaves off 10 minutes on average or 30, whatever it is, um, I I think you're going to feel that and notice that a lot more than anything else. So I am. I like it. I enjoyed it. I'm still a big fan of it, and I'm I'm excited to see exactly how how many two and a half hour games we can get in this season out of 162. Yeah. So mm, I saw too. I saw a lot of people complaining, saying like th- these are the complaints I saw. Um, okay. People complaining that oh well, if these games are shorter, then tickets should be cheaper. And well, majority <laughs> of the games they were they all went like a half hour less than the league average time from last year, which was like three hours and seven minutes. Most of them were like two and a half hours, two hours, 45 minutes. I think I saw a few games from Saturday that were like two hours and 15 minutes, whatever. Like it's not significantly, you're not significantly losing time. And if you really care about that extra half hour, just show up to the ballpark early. I mean, shit. I'm, I'm just saying. So I thought that was like a dumb reason to like get, to, or to like hate it um the only thing overall i i enjoy it because yeah the the pace you could feel the pace uh being up and you know just stuff happening there was no dead time and that was the point of this right it was to eliminate dead time and the only thing that <clears throat> yeah that I, I that i'm bothered by is i swear to god if we get to when games matter and a game ends because of the mm-hmm. pitch clock penalty I will. I don't care who. I, even if the Cardinals lose off it, uh, I mean, I'll probably think it's funny, but I still don't like it. I, if it becomes yeah. a serious thing, uh, and I'm like happening once once a day, different teams, whatever. If it becomes a serious thing, the MLB needs to change something with it. Whether it's adding five seconds, or you know, I tweeted yesterday that maybe you know turn it off after the eighth inning, if a game is close, something like that. I. I I do, I do not want games ending because of the pitch clock, pitch clock penalty. That is yeah. that is dumb. dumb. I think um, it, when it I look at it, I, it won't it won't yeah. impact games because I even heard Theo talking about it on the radio when um, about a week ago, and he was saying at the minor league level on the first day they had a batter end a game for the same exact reason, and he said, you know how many times it happened the rest of the minor league season? Zero. Because right. because they learned their lesson quickly. It's about the players getting used to it. It's about the umpire getting used to it. The pitchers getting used to it. And he said, you know, it took about it took about to be honest, probably like forty games, 40, 50 games even for everybody mm-hmm. to get fully used to it. But you're aware of it enough. If you don't want it to end a game, you, you're not going to let that impact the end of the game. And 40 games in, it wasn't even, they weren't even thinking about the old stuff anymore because new habits are formed and you're able to boot those apart. So I'm not worried about it impacting the game. As far as the, like, hey, the, the games are longer, we should, or the games are going to be shorter, we should pay less. I mean, do you pay more for a four hour movie? No. <laughs> like, no. it's the same. Do you, yeah. do you pay more when you, when you download Stairway to Heaven from Led Zeppelin because it's an eight minute song? No, it's the same price as a song that's two minutes long. Yeah, like yeah. Just enjoy the Apple product music, should be better. If the yeah. product's better, that's what you should be paying for. And, and I don't necessarily think that it's going to be a problem. I'm just saying that if it does, like, right. and, no, I, and again, I don't think it yeah. will. But well, he, the way I look at it is the way I look at it is like with the the auto runner 
uh, that's you know that's only in the regular season, and it's like how compare the the amount of just like extra inning games that actually if, like how many wins and losses really isn't that much like the, the effect that the auto runner and the extra innings will have isn't as prevalent as just like a regular game. Like you're not going to see standings completely flip that often just because of a couple of extra inning games, the auto runner. And I, it's the same way I look at it like this, like how many actual games are going to be affected because, because of a, 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 you know, a guy, a hitter or a pitcher not being ready to go in the, in the bottom of the ninth inning, right? Like it's probably not going to happen that often, especially as you said, Luke, once these guys get, adjusted to it and get used to it and, and and understand the pace and how quickly they have to be in the box or how quickly they have to start their pitch. And you may not see it affect that bottom of the ninth inning kind of situation at all, right? You might not see any games this entire season actually end on that. So the people talking about, like, Oh, is it going to happen? But it's probably not. And if it gets to, so I, the, the, the one thing I'm curious about is like how they tweak the extra inning rule, the, the auto runner and extra innings rule is they don't have it in the playoffs, right? Like, are they, is there going to be some kind of tweaking with the pitch clock when the playoffs do start? Like, is that something they've, uh, they've thought about and are planning on doing like implementing? Like, that's one thing I'm curious about because yeah, regular season game, like if people get mad because a regular season game ends on some pitch clock violation, then you know, boo freaking who it, you got 161 other games to make up that one loss. Right. That's right. And playoff it- games might be a little bit different. And if, it, if something were to happen like that in the playoffs, then I understand like the are you the the whole idea of like what the hell? <laughs> that, it's like I, any other rule. If they don't know the rule, yeah. like you have to be on the base to be safe. Well, then eventually you learn the rule. Like yeah. it becomes a rule of the game. I I see what Fernando is saying in the chat. Like that one time could decide a playoff berth. You know how many things happen in a in a full season when these games are four hours long. A billion things could impact one one playoff berth. You have an entire summer to make up for it. And if it happens in the postseason, like Dubs is saying, if the pitch clock were to, you know, somehow continue on and it's in the postseason and it impact, well, that would be on the player. No, know the game, know the rules. The NBA players, if they don't get a shot off before the shot clock, you know what happens? They shrug because they realize that was the rule. It's no different than the shot clock in basketball. Once you get used to it, it becomes part of the game, just like the three-point line. There wasn't always three-point line. They put it in. All of a sudden, players adjusted to it. It it didn't ruin the game forever. Um, Dustin Super Chat says, you guys notice how much more second baseman and shortstops were diving for balls. Seemed like a lot more play. Well, that's what they're – that's what they're hoping for with the, with the shift rules and having one foot. I did notice that a lot of, a lot of guys were, it'll be interesting to see how they watch infielders. Like, Oh, did he have his foot on at exact on the mm-hmm. dirt? Because they're all still running back. They just have to have it on as the pitch is being delivered, but they're still going to try and push that as far as possible. Overall, I just, I uh, the first weekend just watching it, you knew there'd be some hiccups. There'll be hiccups the rest of the spring, but I like the way it looks. Yeah. All I know is that is if the Cubs lose because of the pitch clock penalty during the regular season, I want you guys to know that I will be very upset and very pissed off. I'm letting you know now. At what? At what, Cody? At the just dumb this, player? At the yes. player that would be dumb enough? I will to let just it be very. I will be very mad. I will be very mad for that. If if that is a reason they lose a game, yes, I'll be very mad. I'll be more mad about that than any of the other shit the baseball gods have put me through the last thirty years of my life. I, I, I. The thing is, is like I agree with you guys. The players should have. You'll be mad at the blah, player blah. though, not yeah. at the pitch clock. You'd be mad at the player for not knowing like. I- I just don't like it ending the game. I don't like it ending the game. Yeah, there's shot clock violations in the NBA stuck, but shot clock violations don't necessarily end the game. The buzzer does, does, and if they don't get the shot off the game-winning shot because the shot didn't count, well, it didn't count, though. Well, that's what we're saying. Like, how often are you actually going to see that end the game in in real in in baseball? It's probably not going to happen very often, if at all. But I'm saying, but what Stucky is saying, the fact that it could happen is no different than the fact that a shot clock violation could end the game in basketball or, or the clock you know, just runs out. Yeah. The game fish ends. layers, the, the fish, uh, players says the same is. thing about the play clock in football. It's the same thing. You, you let 40 seconds run off. You get a false start. Like get, it's the same I, thing. I hear what you're I, saying. I hear what you're saying. It's the semantics of it that I don't like. 
So again, I, I hope the players adjust and it's not a thing. I genuinely hope that is because I do like the faster games and I like the rule. I just, I just don't want it to become a serious problem around. I'm going to tell you I, how we solve this right now. I'm going to tell you how we solve this. And it's, first of all, it's already solved. Theo said it happened once in the minor leagues and it didn't happen the rest of the season. Here's how you solve it. All the players need to start taking AG one because it improves your focus. Okay. So if you have your focus at the end of the game, it's not going to be a, a problem. I've been taking AG1 because I didn't have time, wanted better gut health, more energy, and an optimized immune system. I've been on it almost a year now. I love it. It doesn't taste super healthy. Instead, it's a mild tropical taste that I actually look forward to taking in the morning. Here's what it is. One scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day right. A special blend of ingredients supporting your gut health, your nervous system, immune system, energy recovery wait for it focus and aging all those things i get a noticeable boost of energy so i take it first thing in the morning on an empty stomach giddy up there i go whether you're keto paleo vegan gluten-free or dairy-free you're all good with aging one and you're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance for less than three bucks a day recommended by professional athletes more than seven thousand five-star reviews right now reclaim your health arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, just one scoop and a cup of water every day, that's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs. Maybe you're heading out to Arizona for some Cactus League action. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash chgocubs. Again, athleticgreens.com slash chgocubs to take ownership over your health pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance problem solved. Yeah. I mean, I'll, ha I'll have my AG one. And whenever I bet on the Cubs on DraftKings Sportsbook this summer and they lose because this, whoever decides that they forget about the pitch clock and they lose and I lose a bet because of it, I'm going to come on CHGO Cubs post game right. and scream about it. Uh, but again, let's just hope that doesn't happen. DraftKings Sportsbook is the official betting partner of CHGO in all city ideas uh, for you guys, if you, if you if you don't have the app, I know my guy in the chat, Mike, Mike Doves, does he's telling me he's betting on spring training baseball. That's real degeneracy right there. <laughs> um, you can you can do that. You can got yeah, MLB uh, player futures. We're gonna talk about uh, some futures on CHO bets daily later today. Me and Sean, um, you know NBA no sweat same game parlays is still a thing. You get a uh, you can get a boost for college basketball parlays. I've been doing that every single day. For the last, honestly, this, since this new year started, uh, all kinds of great stuff. Download the app now and sign up with code CHGO. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code CHGO. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Very nice. Uh, can, I, so can I say one thing? Yeah, go ahead, Ryan. Just, no. I didn't get to say it at the end of this pitch clock thing, but. The one thing I am very intrigued to see it with it is how how much it affects the who you got standings. That's the <laughs> most important thing. Yeah, like who's who's gonna get screwed because their guy strikes out because he wasn't ready for like a bases loaded hit, right? Like a bases right. loaded situation, he strikes out because he wasn't ready with, by the nine second mark. Like that's what I'm curious. Um, and that that's I think that's the most important thing with this pitch clock. Is just can you wait? Can you wager on that on DraftKings? The first violation and who oh. will be at fault? I don't know, but because I, I feel like that, that's, that could be a that could be <laughs> a side bet if, if we can't do it on DraftKings. That could be a side bet that we we do preseason pick which Cubs player will get called for the first regular season shot clock violation, pitch clock violation. Will it be a pitcher? Will it be a hitter? Or will it be maybe an infielder for not uh, following the rules? of the shift or no shift. I don't know where I'm going to, that. I'm gonna, I would I'm lean that out there. I would lean that the, the person most likely to do it would be a like seasoned veteran because the young guys who yeah. are in the minors already are probably already like adjusted to it. So I would just assume some guy like whether they're older veterans who are just like, you know, they've been doing the same thing their entire career uh, more so than like even like 
young guys who have been in the league for a few years. I, that's yeah. that's what I would guess. Yeah. It's my my thing is like it's probably going to be some like yeah veteran reliever that already takes like thirty something seconds to you know in between most yeah. of his pitches right and then like that for those relievers especially those guys that throw hard like I think one of the main things is taking your time in between pitches to like be able to throw your give give it everything each pitch and now if they're they're sped up by like ten plus seconds like that might have an effect on yeah. their like average velocities right so I don't know there, there might Kimbrough- be guys. What if Kimbrel's caught in the hanging, dangling arm and he doesn't have time to get back up? He's exactly. going to have to work on that. That might be a thing. Yeah. I, I, I forgot. Who, isn't there a Cardinals reliever that took like 30 seconds in between pitches? Or there's some reliever that I can't remember what team. But it's like 30-something seconds I don't know. in between pitches. I'm like, that's, that's going to be an adjustment for those guys. The slowest reliever I remember ever is Pedro Baez, who, used to, who was a reliever for the Dodgers. Yeah. He was so slow. Those NLCS games in 16, when he came in the game, I felt like those innings took an hour. <laughs> By the way, I mentioned the uh, position players out in the field are going to be you know, trying to keep that one foot off and then hopping off back into the grass as fast as possible. The way the pitch clock will be teetered with a little bit on players trying to slow it down, for the pitching side, 100%, the catcher is just going to wait to throw it back. He's going to pound the ball in the glove a couple times, look around, stretch, and then throw it back just to give that extra one or two seconds if he thinks his relief pitcher, whoever might be flustered, gassed at all, needs to collect his thoughts. That That's how they'll do it. You get a, you'll get a slower throw from the catcher because the way I've seen it working so far is it doesn't start until that pitcher catches the ball. Yeah. Right? So there's a little wiggle room. Second, second and a half, two seconds for a catcher to try and mess with it a little bit if they want to. Mm-hmm. So we'll keep an eye on that. What do you think of uh, Manny Machado? 11-350 for the Padres. The dream dies. He will not be uh, your Cubs third baseman. My my favorite part soon. My favorite part of the dream was the hope, and uh, it always and will be the hope. And the friends yeah. that we made yeah. along the way, guys. I made so many friendships during this dream. Yeah. <laughs> the relationships, I mean, boy, let me tell you about those. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, uh, dude's making, he's gonna make so much money uh, by the end of his career. It's insane. Um, how the Padres have all this money, I don't know. And it's the one thing that I'll always be able, you know, as much as I give ownership a break especially these days because they did spend like the fifth most money this this offseason. They could have gone a little extra harder and, you know, maybe brought in a couple all-stars, not just Danby Swanson. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the Padres, they look like a team that's set up for a long, long stretch of success if they stay healthy. That said, I don't know now if they will pay Juan Soto. So the the new dream is – Boy, are they uh, stupid if they don't pay Juan Soto after making yeah, that trade. Right. Well, I'm just saying, like, that's the new dream. The new dream is Juan Soto or Otani, of course. It but just that, does, that's, that's the that, it could have been a dream. it could have been a dream come true if the Cubs would have just traded for Soto in the season. But that's I won't bring that point up again. That'll be the last time I. You I love to bring that. it up. You love. To That'll be the last time I imagine it's a new season. I just say the <laughs> Padres. There, there's a couple things. One is San Diego is not a small market. I think it's like number eleven in the country. It's it's almost a top ten market, but it is also not Chicago. So mm-hmm. to see the type of money that they're throwing around, it's also not New York or you know the Mets or the Yankees. So to see the money that they are throwing around at players, it's mind blowing, and they've really gone after it. So it'll be interesting to see if they can finally get a World Series just by mm-hmm. spending cash. Because if they do, if teams, if the teams that are overspending. And I'm not saying 11 for 350 is overspending for Machado. It may or may not be. That's debatable. But if the teams like the Mets and the Yankees and the Padres and Phillies at this point, if those teams start winning consistently, then it's going to put the pressure on those other teams to start doing something about it. It will put pressure on to do more than Dansby Swanson. Cubs spent $300-plus million dollars. But they spend it on a lot of players, not a not on one guy. Not one guy, yeah. yeah. Hey, that's, it, go ahead. Sorry. It's a, it's it is kind of funny to see, but like the Padres have you know long been one of those teams that you didn't expect to be 
shelling out all this money or even like even like making the playoffs consistently you know like that like they were just kind of that team obviously the last few years things have changed since they signed Manny Machado the first time you know that that they brought him into San Diego originally like that kind of opened some eyes you know Fernando Tatis is a, is a superstar and I they signed him they extended him right at some point I don't remember exactly what it was but yeah well how much money they're giving him but that they did that with him they went out and traded for Soto and like you guys said would be dumb to not try to extend him um they're they're willing to give out a lot of money to these guys and if a team like san diego can do it the cubs should be able to do it themselves and like now they have to you know be willing to give anyone 200 million dollars first before they can be go up to 350 million dollars for a guy like manny machado but the cubs definitely have the kind of resources um and you know tom rick has talked about us like a week ago actually uh when we talked to him down in mesa about just kind of how everyone everyone that signs those contracts every team that gives out those contracts like they they are taking on a risk and it's true because you're giving you know manny machado on what is i don't know a 350 divided by 11 i, I don't know what the average annual value of his contract is probably like 34 million dollars something like that a year so you're giving a guy on average 34 million dollars a year who's going to be late 30s for and, and 40 i think by the end of that contract like that you're taking on a risk for like trying to win now and trying to get as much production at his peak years as you are when, you know, he's going to be old and have declined, which mm-hmm. just happens. Right. So um, it is a risk. And I think that's why he, one of the things, one of the main reasons we kind of saw the Swanson contract was like a good deal is the fact that it was only seven years. So you're only paying him, you know, until he's probably like 36 ish, 37 ish is like, that's when his contract's going to be up and you're not taking that on through his, you know, in, into his forties. But, if you want to be a, a a team that that can probably go out and win consistently, you have to be willing to give those kind of deals to, you know, a Manny Machado type deal to a guy like Manny Machado. And the Cubs haven't shown the willingness to do that yet. Um, so we'll see. But they, yeah, like they are the third largest market in the city. They're probably one of the most valuable teams in all of North American sports. Like they have the resources to do that. They have the ability to give those kind of deals. They have to, they have to show they can, they will do it though. That's, right. that's the main thing. I, I, what's wild to me is that like people are still mad at ownership for not spending money, even though they spent money, but yeah, they only, the, the most money they spent on was Dansby Swanson, who technically everyone believed was the fourth best shortstop on the free agent market this off season and not the top shortstop uh, free agent shortstop or whatever. So whether, depending on how you feel about Dansby Swanson or not, like people are, opinionated about that um but then on the other hand to kind of spin it not in in anyone's direction but now i'm 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 curious on how much money ian happ is going to get because now the free agent market for next offseason it's not as juicy as this past offseason and you know i was reading some tweets yesterday and you know a lot of people think that Ian Happ could get like the Brandon Nimmo contract, which was like six years, 150 yeah. million. And we were all kind of shocked that he got that kind of money, but that's Steve Cohen. And he's just shelling out money to whoever doesn't care. Time's and, running out, by the way, time's right. running out. Time's running out. And, and I, now I feel like if the Cubs don't give, if, if they don't give significantly more than what we've already talked about, what we've talked about before on this podcast, Ian Happ four or five years, 85, 90 million, maybe go up to 100 just because he's been with the organization forever. But, like, because, because considering all the money that's going to some of these players, Ian Happ's got to be thinking he can get something like what Brandon Nimmo got, right? And, like, I want Ian Happ here long term. I really do. But I just I don't think he's worth that kind of money when he had one consistent year and he's had an up and down career before that. And so it's going to be interesting to see how the season plays out if they don't get an extension done with them, which I hope they do because Jed literally said that they don't want to go into the season with bad vibes with players and walk years. So it's, it's going to be interesting uh, with that whole thing, but you know, Manny Machado side in this contract sure as hell doesn't help the Cubs in terms of getting a cheaper deal with Ian Happ done. That's for sure. Yeah. I see that uh, in the chat, uh, Shane is saying, you know, the broadcast just started for, for the game against Cleveland saying Taylor McGregor said team doctors are flying to Chicago to review say as MRI hope to have news by the end of the night. Um, Barb was asking about, uh, are we going to talk about Killian? 
Yeah, like likely the game will be over much after the end of this podcast, which is live from 120 to 220 every day. But we will certainly talk about Caleb Killian a little bit tomorrow. Uh, $5 from Little Yumper. So if the Cubs don't sign Hap, should this front office be labeled as one that has failed to extend players outside of Hendricks? So far, they have been. Um, yeah. And whether or not that is fair is still debatable because – Obviously, it takes two sides for the deal to get done. And if players are asking for too much or they think they're worth too much, then I don't, you know, I don't think fans should want them to sign the deal if it's totally out of the. But at this point, the sample size of players who have they've tried to negotiate and sign and have been successful, Kyle Hendricks and and David Bodie versus the ones that have not. Um well, this yeah, front office also extended it's, Rizzo. It's pretty obvious which way it's and going. Starling Castro, if you want to get real technical. They, about, they, about they did extend that. Rizzo pre-World Series. Yes, so for sure. But they, still, like, they did do they it. Did. I'm just saying. They did. It's, it's, but, yeah, yeah. I, get, I get everyone's, like, angst about it and everyone's, like, negativity about it. Yeah. I'm with I'm with you. Like, I, I would love to go into the season with Happ or Horner extended. And mm-hmm. All I was saying about Happ is that he's going to be more money now. He's going to be yeah. one of the top free agent, free agent outfielders on the market this winter. Yeah, and the more that so we'll... <laughs> yeah, the more that guys that potential free agents start coming off the market, you know, the higher that hap rises on that list, the more money he's going to make. Like that's just what happens when yeah, the top free agents are going to get are going to get a lot of money. <laughs> that's just, yeah. so the higher that hap goes on that list, as you know, uh, who is it? Um, Devers. His extension with the Red Sox took him off that list. Now Machado, his extension takes him off that list. No, they don't play the same position, but there are going to be teams out there that have holes to fill. And, you know, even if it's it's Machado at third base versus Ian Happ in the outfield, like teams are going to get desperate too. They're going to, they want, they want upgrades wherever it is on the field. And they see Ian Happ's like, oh, now he's one of the best hitters on free, uh, you know, on the market. Like pay him the money. Like teams are going to be going after him with less with less other, you know, fewer other players out there. So I, I get what you're both are saying. And I saw that on Twitter and people were like, how does this affect Ian Hab? blah, blah, blah. It's like, it affects Ian Hab the way it affects everyone else on the market. Like the more yeah. guys come off the market, the more money other guys are going to get in the long run. So, and even um, Jeff Passan tweeted it. He's he, after Machado signed, he named like Ian Hab was like the third guy he listed in terms of like, who are the top free agents for next year's class. And like, so Obviously, we know Ian Happ knows this, so I, I just don't think you're going to get a team-friendly deal for Ian Happ anymore. And whether we can blame them for not getting it done earlier or not, I don't know. All I know is that I don't want to give Ian Happ Brandon Nimmo money, but I also don't want Ian Happ to not be a Cub. So if we can find a middling ground here, that'd be great, but I you doubt know, that. <laughs> you know what's going to impact Ian Happ's salary next season? How he plays this year if they don't sign mm-hmm. him to an extension. If he has a great season, then maybe the Cubs look at it, even though they didn't sign the extension, and say, you know what, he is worth the money, but now we're going to pay more than we would have if we would have. They may look in hindsight and say, well, he's great, and we missed our opportunity, and now it's going to cost us. That could be, That could be a strategy in general, period. They could look at him and say, play it out this year. If you have a great season – we will give you that contract. In fact, we'll pay you more than we would have if we didn't take the gamble. They they got to figure that out. One guy they didn't re-sign, we all know, Wilson Contreras. I don't know if Kevin uh, has the quick video uh, from Twitter of Wilson's interview about the Cubs organization versus the Cardinals way, Cubs way versus the Cardinals way. Um but let's go ahead and play that, Kevin, if you got it. It's a short, like, 50-second comment from Wilson Contreras that I'm going to guess has triggered at least half of Cubs fans. Yeah, I mean, uh, this is uh, – this for me, I like this better. It's a it's better organization. Uh, we all, like, almost like old-school old school way, which I love it. Um, and that's something that I really like it. I was I already talked to uh, the manager about it, like how was the coach here. And everything since I got here has been everything just one way, the cardinal way, and I have to adjust it. So uh, it's, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not that hard. I mean, it, it do everything right and respect each other. That's it. I love that we got the Cardinals commercial zinger in there at the end of that. Like, 
Okay. <clears throat> oh man. Shout out to my guy Alan Stout, who works at Bally Sports Midwest. There, I said something nice about the Cardinals broadcast team. There you go. Here's here's one thing you can't. Here's one thing you have to you have to look yourself in the mirror. Okay. Uh, yeah, the credit <laughs> Do goes I? to Bally Sports Midwest. He said it's a better organization. Is he wrong? That's my is, he, is he like that wrong? How, how far you zoom out, he's not wrong about that. Now, they haven't won a World Series as recently as the Cubs. No. So, not not necessarily in recent years, but in general, if you look back at the last 25 years, you say which organization has been better. Well, you know, as much as it hurts, it has been the Cardinals. Yeah. But I just don't – I don't get why he has to, like – take the bait on it that said i'm not losing sleep that said i think cody might be so cody yeah. if if you're if you're uh to the point where you can't take it anymore let us know i'm not a, i'm i'm really not that bothered by it i don't like hearing it like we talked about this this is wilson Contreras. this is what he does yeah this is what he does but it doesn't mean i want to hear it though but also at the same time like why why is he doing this? He like, sure. Last year, the Cubs, you know, dangling him around, trying to trade him, not being able to, thanks to Dusty Baker. Whatever, I get it. I get the 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 business like bothering him that much. I get that. But dude, you he was with the organization for fourteen years. The the Cubs gave him the opportunity to to be a major league player. All these things. That's fair. And like so, like. I understand why fans have completely flipped some, and I understand why some aren't. For me, I'm just – I'll give him my one – like if I'm at a game, if I go to a Cubs-Cardinals game this year, first game I'm at for that and, and he comes to the bat, I'll give him a hand. Nice round of applause. But that's all he's getting from me, and it sucks because the dude – there's a reason that he's beloved here. There's a reason he got all those damn standing ovations. There's a reason for all of it. But, like, he just – it's almost like he's purposely doing it to not only just like poke bear at the Cubs front office, but also like it almost at the fans. So he's saying all kinds of shit that the fans don't want to hear. And I get it. He's doing it to, 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 to get on the Cardinal fan side too, but there's just parts of it that it just Baez, Rizzo, Bryant, none of them did any of that shit. And I know they didn't mm -hmm. go to the Cardinals, but yeah. they, I, I mean, even though Rizzo, his uh, time with the Cubs at the, at the very beginning when he left like that even though that didn't end well there's quotes of him last year saying all kinds of great things about the cubs and he told jameson tyon to come here that's the difference between wilson Contreras and the rest of them and whenever i'm being told by some certain minor league players that about wilson Contreras's uh uh reputation within the organization and then hearing what he's saying now i'm not necessarily surprised man but, like it is what it, it is Here's Look at the thing. different reactions in the chat. You have RWB saying, to be honest, Wilson is dead to all of us. Then Fernando with a super chat for five bucks saying, cards are trolling since they have nothing else going on. They've been constantly asking some questions for clips. The line has been drawn. Done with him. Niren says he'd do the same thing if he was Wilson. And Barbara's point, this is a great point for Barbara. Then why was he crying so much about leaving the team that he says is not as good as an organization? <laughs> That's fair. Here's my take on this, and I don't know. Cubs fans may not be happy to hear this, but like my thing is like, for number one, just like what what do you expect? What did did people really surprise that Wilson Contreras, who one likes to get under other teams' skin, and two is pissed that the Cubs let him go? And she first of all tried to trade him too. Like as much as he said he understood the the game, the business side of baseball, like he's not happy that the Cubs didn't want him around it. So th right. those two things mixed together, why is everyone so surprised that he's taking shots at the front office? And that's the other part of it is like, I don't, most of what he has said has not had anything to do with Cubs fans, but they are reading it as he is taking shots at Cubs fan base. And I think when I look at it, most of it, like probably like 90 something percent of it has just been taking shots at the front office and, and the organization itself, not the, not the fans. So I don't know. It, it makes me laugh because it's like people are getting so mad about it when like that's that's Wilson Contreras. He wears his emotions on his sleeve, right? Like he is not afraid to get under people's skin and, and stir some stuff up. 
Um, and he's just an emotional player, and that's why people liked him so much when he was here. Um, but I'm not surprised that he's, you know, like just t- taking some shots at the front office or the organization. And to be to be fair to him too, is like it's not like he's he's getting asked the question, you know, like he, I'm sure I didn't see what the question exactly was, but I'm sure it was whoever interviewed him saying, you know, you know what do to you compare the two organizations? I think to, like, so it was a question kind of being asked to him versus him coming out and tweeting like the Cubs organization sucks. Cardinals way is so much better. There's a difference. I don't, I don't know. So it just kind of makes me laugh that this whole thing is like the Cubs fans have turned on Wilson. I think it's funny. Um, I think it's funny that people are just like this surprised that he's saying things. And I and I get it. Like it's not like him, uh, you know, p- like picking on the Brewers or whatever, right? Like it, he was with the Cubs organization for a long time. Cubs fans like loved him and, and supported him a lot. And even most fans wanted him back as well. Um, but it, it, he is with the Cardinals now. He's you know, he's trying to appease himself to the Cardinals fan base. And it's I mean it's I don't know. I, I don't, it, it's just funny to me. I, I'm not surprised that it's happening. Um, I'm not going to tell Cubs fans not to be pissed about it because they're going no. to be relentless. Um, and, you know, whatever, if, if you're reading it as a Cubs fan and saying that he's crapping on the organization after we gave him so much love, then you read it that way. That's fine. Um, I don't know. It's just looking at it from, from like trying to, you know, a middling perspective. I just think it's not surprising to see that this stuff is happening. Lil Yumper says Wilson must have needed another 25 ovations to feel loved. LOL. Uh, Max says, as a fan, this sucked to hear after supporting him for years. He's doing everything to burn the bridge all the way down. Uh, It's so split down the middle. There's very few people that are like us, like, well, whatever. I agree 100%. I expected every bit of it. I understand it. That doesn't make it easier for Cubs fans to hear it. But knowing his personality, this is what you were going. Once they headed down that road, this is the way it was going to end. You know, I, I don't think it means he doesn't love Chicago or, or the Cubs, but he's, he's mad at some people. And because he felt like he gave everything and they turned their back on him. They felt like they were making a business decision. Now he's with the Cardinals. I think it's going to be real ugly. And somebody mentioned it in the chat. I do think it's going to be interesting to see if Wilson gets plunked in a game against the Cardinals this year, how things will, how players will react if that happens. Even if it's accidental to see what will happen, the first time either team gets plunked could be interesting if he's behind the home plate. So something to keep an eye on. I'll tell you what else you want to keep an eye on, Ryan, is the ComEd facility assessments because, boy, you could save some money there. (laughs) Yeah, a ComEd Energy Efficiency Program committed to helping families and businesses in the communities we serve save money and energy. ComEd offers free facility assessments that can help find energy-saving opportunities, whether it's lightning, HVAC systems, commercial kitchen equipment, or industrial processes. An authorized engineer will, will work with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs. These can be done in person or virtually and last approximately two hours. Within three to four weeks, customers will receive a report detailing energy efficiency projects that they can start working on immediately. Each recommendation will include estimated energy savings, cost savings, project costs, potential incentives, and simple payback. Don't wait. Get started saving money and energy today. For energy saving tips and to schedule your free facility assessment, go to comed.com slash poweringbiz. Ready to sign up for a facility assessment? Call them at 1-855-433-2700 during normal business hours to speak with a ComEd Energy Efficiency Program representative. Email businessee at comed.com or request an assessment online at their website at comed.com slash facility assessment. All right, we only have a few minutes left here on the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings. We want to do our quick overreacting reactions. Do what we do, overreact to the first two games in Cactus League action. Cody's famous for his stock up, stock down. Usually it's trade value. First overreactions. I say David Bodie, stock up. Javier Assad, stock up. Adrian Sampson, not quite as good. Guys, I'll say this. I don't have David Bodie pegged as a guy who's necessarily – on this opening day roster, 
But in his first two games, one for three, a three-run homer that basically won the game, and two for two with an RBI double. He's back in the lineup today. David Bodie, if he wants to make the roster, keep playing like that. Play with a chip on your shoulder, and maybe there's a chance. Anybody that you would give an overreaction to, I maybe it's too soon, but uh, it is too soon. Let's be honest. Listen, man. <laughs> Listen. They're called overreactions for a reason. Yeah. Marquee put the video out there. Nick Madrigal fielding two ground balls at third base yesterday. And boy, did it get the people talking. So uh, he had he, he fielded two ground balls at third base perfectly fine and threw over to first. He actually got the ball all the way across the diamond. I know a lot of people in the chat couldn't believe that he could actually do that. Oh, and he hit the ball of the outfield multiple times. One for a hit, hit yeah. and one yeah. that drove a run in. I mean, holy shit. I couldn't believe it, guys. That's wisdom bang, anyway, wisdom's was, a little banged was, up. Wisdom, we saw it. <laughs> Groin injury, madrigal, opportunity arises. Yeah. It was, I mean, in all seriousness, it was he he did and I'm well, me preface this by saying I don't want I don't want Nick Madrigal getting majority of the playing time at third yeah. base, but he did look like he could play a serviceable third base if you absolutely needed him to. And and the bat showed. The bat showed. Yeah, and that's what that's honestly what we care about the most is that the bat showed opposite field knock that drove in a run. So <laughs> we'll see. I I, uh, I have no idea what the Cubs are going to do with him at this point, but there's value there, and I, I hope he continues to show it in the spring. Whether that way they can trade him or they trade someone else so he can play more, I I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I remember when we did uh, one of the last few days I was down in Mason, they did uh, the infield outfield uh, warm up stuff. Um, and he was playing third base, Madrigal, and the throws were fine. You know, uh, they were, you know, th those ones where it wasn't like he, like the, the ones I've, the, the concern I've seen from people, and I'm not, I don't totally disagree, is those shots, you know, that make him dive towards the line. Like, is he, does he have the arm strength to get off a good throw from there? I don't, I, I don't, know that he does until he shows it to us um but at the same time i don't think we're talking about magical playing third base every day i don't no. I, I think i, I think at, at this point the cubs are looking to kind of pick their spots to be able to deploy him out there um and how they end up doing that remains to be seen um i'm sure david ross has kind of idea in mind and on how he wants to do that but um you know i'll say just the early returns from magical is like he's making the plays like the, the plays that are there that need to be made. It seems like he's making them. So mm -hmm. I guess we'll kind of see once those hard, harder plays start coming and seeing how he is able to defend that way. But um, <laughs> you know, early, early returns is that he is playing a serviceable third base. And I guess that you couldn't really, uh, that's all you could have asked for at this point is that he's not making himself look like a fool out there or something like, like or, wow. you know, it's, he's playing third base. He's making the, the plays that need to be made. And you'll see if he can do anything more than that as kind of spring training goes on. Yeah, I another guy I've and I was I was only able to watch the game yesterday, um, but PCA made a great throw uh, to second mm -hmm. to to get a guy trying to tag up um, on a deep fly ball. Uh, I didn't see him do anything with the bat, but you can see the defense plays at the major league level with that alone. Uh, I'm not saying he should be on the open day roster. I'm just saying that you can see why so many people love this guy. So that was exciting for me. Out of out of the one game I got to watch over the weekend, so. Doug's saying small sample size. It's a really small sample size. Small sample is. size. It's very a very small, small sample, sample size. size. Very 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 small sample. That's why we're calling them our daily overreactions. I did like Assad though. Assad did look pretty good in those like. Oh, two the ass man was shoving. Let me tell you, he was you. shoving it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I will. You know, stock down. Bailey Horn didn't look very good in his inning, and and he was he's a guy that I think is on the radar to maybe maybe be a reliever for the Cubs at some point later this year. Um, he was in Double A last year. I assume he might start in Triple A this year, but he was not good yesterday. Um. You know, but there wasn't a lot from yesterday that like stuck stuck out other than um magical to me and uh and Javier Assad. So uh you know. Tyone just gave up a three run homer. But apparently he had two really good strikeouts early in the season. Two or three or early in the game. Mm. Anyway, the, the funny thing with that is all overreact. Like, <laughs> as far as the overreactions go, it's like too, too I always love when like people get pissed about spring training games and then you find out like, oh, like I threw 
that at bat that I gave up a home run, I threw six straight sliders because I'm working yeah. on my slider today. Right. Like it's always the funniest thing with spring training. So uh, hey, I'll, I'll let you guys overreact. Have Javier Assad hashtag shove with us, right? <laughs> shove with us. Uh, we'll be back shoving again tomorrow, Tuesday, one twenty live with a special guest in studio. Hope you'll join us for that. We'll recap all of today's action, uh, split squad action for the Cubs. Hopefully have some injury updates to react to as well. And uh, we thank you for joining us in the live chat on YouTube. Those of you that did uh, a lot of good comments today, had a lot of fun. And we'll see you at 120 on Tuesday. Thanks for checking out the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook. Don't forget, hashtag vibe with us. Until tomorrow, fly the W.